is The Wolf of High Street with Tim Bakeless. Hello and welcome back. Episode four of the Wolf of Pod Street podcast with us this week. We've got the athletics, the best of the best from the athletic. Oh, that's no. not fair. It, it's a freaking all-star team over there. It's, it's unfair to label anyone as the best of the best. It's, it's crazy. But we have two great writers from the athletic uh, returning for a second episode. Our, our most frequent guest now, Zach Harper, two Two guest appearances in four episodes. Called the Nikola Vucevic of the Athletic. For, for it's a bunch of all stars over there. Right? That's that's what I've been telling everyone exactly. And Wolves writer for God, you might need to tell me, John uh, John Krasinski, who's been covering the Wolves with the Athletic since seventeen eighteen. First Jimmy Butler year, sixteen seventeen. Uh, yeah. uh, yep, uh, for the Athletic. Yep. So and for AP forever before that. So uh, it's been too long. On this beat. Which one's that. better, John? <laughs> I'm, I, I got it right here. Just throw up the athletic. <laughs> oh, shit. You beat they, me. Give us, they give us free swag, man. They give so, some of us free so, swag. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, step your game up, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is, as we were recording, it is Thursday, March 23rd. Uh, we're expecting this to come out on March 24th and the NBA trade deadline is March 25th. John and Zach, you have both written, talked about the trade deadline trades extensively um, throughout these past few weeks. John, you wrote a very Timberwolves specific, a trade manifesto of sorts must be a week or so ago now, pretty, pretty recently though. So my first question to you is there any difference between when you wrote that and now, uh, whether it be one example, Anthony Edwards obviously has taken massive strides forward recently, maybe not counting Monday's game, but massive strides forward where, uh, maybe at one point early in the season, not when you wrote the piece, but at one point early in the season, maybe you think, you know, he shows potential, but if he doesn't quite show what you're hoping for, maybe he's a trade piece. Who knows? Now, this is just my opinion, but now I don't, I don't see a scenario where the Wolves could realistically trade him. I think it would be foolish to trade him, but my overarching, that's just one example. My overarching question, is there anything different from what you wrote then um, to how you feel now in terms of the expendability of players or uh, whether or not there's someone that maybe they are more willing to hold on to now? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's been kind of huge significant changes since then. I mean, I, I had even then uh, in that piece last week before Ant went for 42 against Phoenix, I had him in the untouchable category with Towns. And that wasn't to necessarily to say that, you know, they should never trade either one ever. But for right now, going into this trade deadline, I just did not see any scenario where they would decide to part with either one of those players. And certainly, you know, Ant has had some big games since then and maybe even further cemented that. But but you're right, Tim, in terms of I, I, I think that there was always maybe a chance um, that if a Bradley Beal came available, if, a, you know, if, if a major star, a Devin Booker, whoever became available, that you would use Anthony Edwards as a sweetener, as one of the main pieces to try and land him. But I think that they have kind of pivoted and, and it's been now, this is 
an Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns tandem. And if D'Angelo Russell comes back and plays well, that's great. But uh, Edwards is going to be here for the long haul, I think. Um, and, and so that hasn't changed. I think, you know, I could see the possibility of Ricky Rubio moving. Um, you know, I think I said in the piece that it would be hard to say goodbye to him just because he's playing really well and he's emerged as a really good leader that Ant and Cat really both rely on. But I do think that there's a scenario out there that a, a team, a playoff kind of caliber team looks for another ball handler and, 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 and offers something to the wolves so that they get off his 17 million for next year. Um, but I think in general, it's shaping up to be fairly quiet. There might be, you know, a Jared Culver trade or, a you know, a Wancho or Nan Gomez or Jake Lehman or Ed Davis or something like that. But I don't, see anything you know even in the same stratosphere as last year when they just blew up the whole roster at the deadline yeah and i mean in fairness last year gerson inherited largely uh a tom thibodeau team right like he 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 signed a whole bunch of guys to one-year deals and a lot of those guys ended up going at the death noah vonley Jordan Bell, et cetera, et cetera. Jeff T gets traded. Andrew Wiggins gets traded. Robert Covington gets traded. Like all these dudes get traded on this wide ranging spectrum of, uh, value. And yeah, when I, when I read your, when I read your piece, I, I mean, it checks out and the, I guess the bummer of it, if you're a Timberwolves fan who maybe watched Monday's game against Oklahoma city and thought, man, I know Beasley and Edward or uh, Beasley and D'Lo are out, but a shakeup would be awfully nice right now, considering the loss to this Thunder team and all the, all the, all the injuries and all the absences they had in that game. Uh, Zach, uh, from the outside looking in, I don't know if you look at it that way, but from the outside looking in, not, not constantly covering the Timberwolves. Is, is there a, a trade you see or a piece you see of value either in the market, um, that the Wolves, you think should look to acquire or maybe a piece Ricky Rubio uh, was an example. John gave of a guy that they, they could move um, for some value. Like what, what's your sort of prognosis on the team from a trade standpoint right now? Yeah, I think it's super complicated, right? Because if, if Atlanta is going to move John Collins, which I think is a very real possibility, that asking price is insane. Like they're moving him because they don't want to pay him a max contract in or match a a max contract offer sheet in restrictive free agency. If that's to come up, which there could be a good chance of that happening because everyone was gearing up towards, Hey, we got to sign Giannis. Let's get all this cap space. And now they're like the best free agent might be Victor Oladipo who's broken. Right. Right. And so like, because of that, now you look to the restricted area or the restricted free agent market and and you look at that whole area of the field and it's like, okay, we may have to max out some of these dudes. That's going to look bad but that's the only way to like get a team to think about blinking when it comes to matching those offer sheets. And so the, what it would take to get John Collins plus then likely having to give him a max, like that's insane to me, Aaron Gordon, if the, uh, this, this Aaron Gordon thing, if he's actually going to yield two first round picks, I wouldn't give up one first round pick for Aaron Gordon, let alone two. I think that's just a bullshit rumor, but we've seen crazier things happen at the deadline, I guess. So like, if that's the starting point for getting in on Aaron Gordon, like there's no point in doing that. And, and even then, like, I think you're giving up Rubio and maybe a young guy 
maybe a Culver and a Kogi or um, probably not McDaniels, but you're, you know, you get a, one of those dudes in order to get into the mix there. But if it's going to take a pick, like why, why do that for Aaron Gordon? I just don't think he's that good. He's not going to fix this team's problems, even though they need defense. And outside of that, like, you know, maybe John, maybe I'm wrong on this, but like Malik Beasley probably had a market before the off the court stuff. Right. And that's going to complicate any of that. Not that that's going to be a recurring problem, or I guess I don't know, but not that that's going to be a recurring thing, but like, I think that hurt some of his value in that. And you know, if that was, if that was ever going to be a trade at the deadline or next year, um, you know, I think that got complicated with that and the suspension and everything. I, I think with, um, with anybody else in the roster, like moving to Culver, is there any team out there that's like, yes, we can fix him now. Like we can get him to hit jumpers and free throws. Now. Like, I don't know. Like a Kogi. Yeah. Like he's valuable if he hits threes, but he's not a shooter. And so like, I just think they've got a lot of pieces where, um, you know, maybe, maybe Noel, like Jalen, Noel, like maybe he's the most valuable actual guy that they can move. Like, I think he has looked around the league of like, here's a cheap guy who can play. He can fit into a lot of different systems. Maybe you can get some value for him, but what's that value? A second round pick. It's fine. Right. And that does feel like a Daryl Morey tree type of deal, but I don't know that they would want to do that. I think they'd want something more. So like, I just, unless there's a team that's desperate for a point guard out there, um, and, and there, and there, there might be, I don't see a lot of like easy moves for the wolves to make. Maybe they can get in as a third team on a complicated deal or a fourth team on a complicated deal to try to extract something. But I, man, I think that this team is still, and I know I argued with wolves fans a lot about this right before the season. But I was like, yo, this team's going to be bad. This team's going to be towards the bottom of the West, if not at the bottom. And that's probably a good thing because that deal, that pick that might go to golden state, like you can't lose that in this draft. They still might. I think they have a 40% chance of keeping it. But like, I think you kind of have to slow down when the team is this bad and you see what happens is the thunder against the thunder the other night. And it's just like, yeah, like sure. They've had so many issues with keeping guys on the court, but I don't know how you evaluate the roster for the trade market in, in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, you hit on it, Zach, because like part of the their problem right now when you when it comes to deal making is that the guys that do have value for them, let's say Jalen Noel, I think Nas Reed, there there probably be yeah. some people that would like a backup big, but these guys are making no money, like right. none at all, and so mm-hmm. when you're trying to get um, something in return of value, like there's there's no question that both Nas Reed and Jalen Noel are above a second round pick in value. You like, you don't want to move them for a second round pick because they're better than any second round pick you could get right now. And they're on those, you know, Sasha and Gupta contracts where you have them forever, um, you know, under your thumb. And with, with D'Angelo Russell and Carlton Towns getting max deals already, you have to be able to have those pieces on your roster that can be rotation guys that are making nothing. And cause you're not going to recruit them in free agency. So, so you have that. And then the other guy is Malik Beasley. And so it's like your decision there is, do you sell high, try to sell high on Malik Beasley where, because he's, I mean, on the court, he's been great. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a great shooter. He's a hard worker, like all of those things. And, and, but he has played well enough where the contract that you have him for that everyone was saying, as soon as he signed it was like, Ooh, that's a lot of money from Malik Beasley. Well, now he's playing 
up to that contract. And so um, you, you might be reluctant to part with a guy who you have value when you're probably overpaying D'Angelo Russell by a significant amount. And so you need these other guys that either meet or exceed the value of their contracts on your team. Now, all bringing it all together with Malik is, can you rely on this guy to be a dependable part of your team and not get suspended again or not get into any more trouble? And if you think you can't, then maybe you do try to move him now before something else happens. But so far, I think that they are just saying, look, we're going to keep going. We're going to help him with his stuff off the court. And we think he's going to be a really good player uh, when, when, uh, when he comes back to the team. And so that's why I think it's, again, is unlikely that he goes anywhere, even though if they want to make a move and get back someone pretty good in return, you'd have to think Malik Beasley would be a part of any package that you use to go get that. I also think real quick, like, the play in tournament complicates everything, right? Mm-hmm. Because now everybody except like Detroit, um, maybe Cleveland, Minnesota, and Houston, everyone thinks they're a buyer. Like the Kings, I think, believe they're buyers right now because they're only a few games mm-hmm. out of the 10. Right. And that team sucks. That team historically is the historically the worst defense in the league. And they're like, yeah, we could get this done. And so I think the play in tournament has too many teams who are who are buyers. And so in theory, the wolves could benefit from that. Right. But I think, I think to what John's talking about as well is like, if you're going to make a Malik Beasley deal, if you decide, you know what, we don't want him long-term. We think we can get some value. I actually think that's like a draft night trade. Totally agree. More than anything. Yep. Come back from the suspension, play well again, Ball the rest out, of yeah, the year. Right. And then, and then the value is probably higher. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you're trading, Malik Beasley, there's going to be some salary matching that goes on if you make it a deadline deal. If you're trading Malik Beasley now, I I I can't think of a single scenario where you're trading Malik Beasley without being some form of a buyer. And this right. team as it stands right now doesn't really stand to buy if if John Collins were available at a, a way more realistic price. Cause like we were talking about Aaron Gordon's asking price. If two first round picks and a good player is Aaron Gordon's asking price or the magic's asking price for Aaron Gordon. Right. What is it for John Collins? I, I don't know. Um, obviously the Collins contract situation, just in terms of matching value makes it all the more complicated, but especially for a Hawks team that won eight in a row and found themselves in the four seat out of nowhere. Right. Like <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. like pro- probably briefly, but that right before the deadline, I think I wrote about this or I said it on a podcast or something, but like that complicates so much for them to where before they're like, Hey, we can get into this. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh shit, we're the four seat. What? Like <laughs> we're, we're really in this. And, and I don't, and that might've been fake cause their schedule was super easy. Right. And, and those other guys we were talking about before are perfect in a scenario where your trade, like let's say in this hypothetical world, D'Lo has been healthy all year. Cat's been healthy all year. Beasley has been healthy all year. And you still see this ascent from Anthony Edwards. And maybe they have a few more wins. Maybe they're the Kings where they're fighting for the 10. Maybe then when you start to see Anthony Edwards go up, you think, okay, Malik Beasley is a little bit more expendable. Then sure. those guys like Nas Reed, Jalen Noel, maybe, maybe Jaden McDaniels less likely, but maybe Jaden McDaniels become pretty solid trade chips in a trade for a bigger player. But as the Wolves stand right now, the injuries have happened and they're, they're a lower end of, I'm, 
worst team in the league right now, record wise. So uh, it's, it's, it's hard to envision them being buyers, even for a guy, let's say Aaron Gordon's asking price. They're the one that we've read about is made up and he's available for way cheaper. Is that a, is that a move they're making right now? I, I don't know. I I don't necessarily see it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. I mean, the only argument for doing it is that they, in, in some ways, every either trade deadline or pre-draft or whatever it is where there's, there's kind of a hot trade market, the wolves are almost beholden to try to be buyers because they're not getting free agents. Like that's an impossibility. And so um, they should always be looking to acquire talent if they can. It's Mm -hmm. a lot harder to do that when you have a 10 win team that you've assembled that, you know, doesn't exactly have a lot of people frothing at the mouth for, for your guys. And you don't have, you don't want to part with many draft picks either. So, um, so that's why I like, I get why Gerson Rosas wants to be out there looking at Aaron Gordon, looking at some of these other guys, because how else are you going to land them? If they've drafted fairly well outside of Culver, so maybe you can get them in the draft, but you don't know if you have a pick right now coming up. And so that's, that's, I think where they're trying to kind of have it both ways and, and look out there for opportunities to add talent that can be here beyond, you know, a year, a year and a half, because the only way to get them inside the tent is by, is by doing it that way. You're not recruiting these guys in free agency and you have no money to spend anyway. Yeah. And and I would also add to that, like it almost becomes a PR move, right? Like let's say Aaron Gordon is gettable. It's Rubio and a second. And I don't know, one of the, one of the cheap guys, right. Or, Culver or something, right? Let's say that that's the deal and magic thing. Yes, this is it. It's kind of a, Hey, sorry. This team has been so miserable this year, but next year, like now, you know, yeah. D'Lo and Anthony Edwards yeah. and McDaniels, yeah. we got Aaron Gordon and cat. Like this is going to be something like it's almost, and it doesn't mean it's not real necessarily, but it does seem to be on top of everything. John's saying, like, it does seem to almost be like a Hey, if you want to get some season tickets for 21, 22, like this would be the time to do it. Cause look at what we're compiling. And I think that that's, that's complicated. And you, it's plenty of excuses you can make for why the wolves are this bad. And I think what's the stat, like 90 minutes for cat and D low on the court this year, yeah. 90. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can say, yes, it would be better and it would, but so much better that things look on the brink of getting back in the playoffs. Like, I don't think so. There's some people who disagree with that and that's fine. But like, I just, Aaron Gordon's nice, but he's not solving Orlando's problems right now. Why would he solve the wolves? Right. Yeah. I think the only thing with, with Gordon, you just wonder Orlando has messed with him in so many ways. He's the three, he's the four, he's a spot, you know, like all these things. No, now we we want you to handle the ball and we want you to never had a point guard worth a damn playing with him. Right. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of things. Okay. Put him next to towns in a, like, that's what he is. He's a power forward. Yeah let him, you know, play some defense, let him pass it, let him, you know, get to the rim, do those things. Maybe he would be a little bit better. Yeah. But I I don't think like for, for me, it's not like he, this isn't like, Oh, we, if you get him, your problems are solved. Like right. I, I don't think it's that cut and dry, which is why I don't blame the wolves if they're not willing to give Beasley and another first round pick protected and all these other right. things to try and go get him. Like, although that, that if, makes sense. What if I said this, what if I said, okay, it's going to be Beasley and a protected first in the future and something else. Right. 
for Aaron Gordon, but you know the Wolves will get the number one pick and take Cade Cunningham in the draft. Now are you like willing to give up assets to go get Aaron Gordon? Is that a player where you're like, okay, this could maybe, maybe the timelines don't work out perfectly there, but this, that's kind of a glue, glue-ish guy on yeah. defense that can kind of maybe pull some things together. Then maybe like if you're gambling it that way, I can see it. Like I, I don't know that it's the greatest way to go, but the draft could really boost them up if they, if, if they one keep their pick and two don't screw it up. Yeah. I think that there'll be much more likelihood of a significant deal done once you have the clarity of the draft, because if they do get the pick, yeah, then you say, okay, maybe we're going to be a little more aggressive because we're going to get Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or Mobley or whoever, whoever yeah, right. whatever, one, two, three. And, and so you can play around with that way. Or if you, if you don't have the pick, if you land four, five, six, and Golden State gets it, now I wonder if you're almost looking at more of a nuclear option. And, okay, what do we move now right. to get back into this draft some way, somehow, you know, yeah. or, or something like that? And so I think that just this team is in a bit of limbo right now just because of the, the tenuousness of the pick. And, he, I, I, you know, here, here's the other thing that I keep wondering about too. And we're kind of, we've been saying this essentially, but to be blunt, like where are they going this year anyway? So exactly. yep. and where are they, where are they going next year? Right. Like even that, like you look at the short term beyond right. this year and I'm just, I don't know. But yeah. e- so even, it's like, even sorry. if you, if you got Gordon, if you got Gordon, you're probably winning a few more games and maybe that's only hurting you down the stretch. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? So yeah. it's just like, that's you know, exactly that's, that's the whole thing. That's, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at initially. If you trade for Gordon, like remove John Collins from this, I'm not even thinking about him, yeah. but if he, cause he does, talk, he doesn't actually help them. He's not solving D he can't defend, right? Like John Collins is just like a flashy name. Like, Hey, we get to keep this guy under control for, you know, four more years or whatever that ends up being. And just like the ability to piece together something for John Collins in, in my head just doesn't compute. But and it, like you get Aaron Gordon on the deal. You say, uh, now, um, you don't know whether or not you're getting Cade Cunningham that your scenario sounds awesome. Zach, I would love that. Yeah. That, um, which makes yeah. that deal super appealing in the off season. Again, like we talked mm-hmm. about the off season seems like a great opportunity to, uh, to go after someone of that caliber. Cause I mean, it, this is the wolves Twitter sweet spot right now where you start seeing all these Cade Cunningham and wolves Jersey photoshops. Uh, I've seen an Evan Mobley one and uh, I've sure. seen yeah, some Jalen dope. Suggs ones, right? <laughs> yeah, he's like good people too. are just talking themselves into these guys. Like, Hey, if we don't get number one, we get Evan Mobley. We get Jalen Suggs hometown boy coming back. Uh, Tyus Jones, but better round two. Uh, so right now, I, I mean, there are going to be some Wolves fans that uh, I'm sure would be disappointed um, if they don't see a little bit of action at the deadline. The The team was supposed, like, I agree with you, Zach. I didn't think they were going to be very good this year. I don't think very many people expected them to be quite this bad. And right. obviously yeah, injuries played yeah. a big part of it. And the Wolves do have the 90 minutes with Kat and D'Lo on the floor, valid or not as an excuse, as uh, something to look plus forward like to for next year. Plus like or plus one or something like that per 100, right? I mean, hey, that's a winning team. That's it. <laughs> so, so if you want to make a move, uh, just in my head, I keep going back to wait until you know what's happening with that pick. If, if that trade ended with Andrew Wiggins and 
I'm not going to go through everything, but basically Andrew Wiggins for D'Lo, um, where instead of giving a top three protected pick, you give a lottery protected pick, a top 10 protected right. pick. I think the looming fear and uncertainty surrounding this team, even for right now, sure. yeah. disappears. Changes everything. And changes it, everything. It, it changes what they probably do at the deadline because if they go yeah. for a big home run swing right now, if they go for John Collins and spend huge on him, if they go for uh, Aaron Gordon and maybe overspend on him a little bit, knowing that they can still keep their pick if they're at six, seven, eight, and they do win a few more games because maybe Gordon meshes super well with Cat and with uh, Beasley, Edwards, D'Lo, et cetera. But as it stands right now, I, I agree. Waiting, waiting just has to be the thing. And those less sexy names, Jarrett Culver, Ed Davis, Wancho, all those guys, uh, it makes sense in my head. Like, I would understand why Gerson would head in that direction. And we're back with our fourth edition of Trivia. And our trivia is brought to you, as always, by Prize Brewing, which offers their peace offering. A smooth, easy-drinking cold-pressed stout infused with local, fresh, roasted, single-source coffee beans, specifically designed to create harmonious notes of chocolate, berry, and nuts. It's perfect for breakfast and bonfires alike. Go check it out along with everything else they have to offer at prizebrewing.com. That's P-R-Y-E-S brewing.com. We've got Kevin from Chaska here who has graciously agreed to come on and answer some questions. Kevin, how are you today? Uh, I'm excited to try to get my hands on some of that cold-pressed stout. That sounds delicious. It's a, hey, good job building on the ad read, man. I love you it. you tell I'm a marketing guy? You're a natural. Uh, okay, so you don't know this yet, but this week we just had uh, John Krasinski and Zach Harper on, and we talked about the trade deadline. Nice. So this week's episode is about trades, obviously surrounding the Timberwolves. There will be three questions. You need to get two of three correct in order to uh, receive the prize package. If you get one, uh, no prize. Two, there's a it, it's a tiered system. So if you get two, you get the first tier of it, and three, then you get there are mega. I got to come up with names for this stuff. It's the mega prize package, whatever you want to call it. I'm going for the mega. Love it. Excellent. Are you ready to go? Hit me. Excellent. So question one. The Timberwolves traded Stefan Marbury in the late 90s in a deal that brought them Terrell Brandon. This was a nine-player trade, but also featured a third notable point guard who would have later come to play for the Timberwolves. Who was that point guard? That point guard is Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell is correct. He oh. was he was traded over to the Milwaukee Bucks from the New Jersey Nets at that point. Love it. You we are probably should have just skipped to, straight to getting him. You know, just skip the Terrell Brand and bring in Sam Cassell right away. That is, I think about that more often than I'd care to admit, Kevin. I do. Yeah. Question number two. Ricky Davis and Wally Zerbiak were exchanged for each other. In a seven-player trade, now from either team, I would like you to name at least three players from that trade. Okay. Uh, well, not counting Ricky and Wally, of course. Yep. So uh, give me Mark Blunt 
and Marcus Banks. And who else went to Boston? Mark Blount, Mike Oh, did we send them back a big man? Hmm, that is tough. Ah, clock's probably ticking down on me. I might have to take the L. I can only get those, that package that came back. I can't remember who we sent. No, Michael Candy. That is correct. Damn. If I recall, Mark Blunt was on a multi-year contract and Michael Olacandy was on his last year. Don't ask mm-hmm. why I remember that, but mm-hmm. I do remember that. Uh, the other players involved in the trade were, rest in peace, Justin Reed, as well as a center who I believe now is an NBA assistant coach who never really made it in the league, Dwayne Jones, who was a Timberwolves draft pick. Okay. Nice work. So two of three, you have earned yourself a prize from prize brewing. A gift card. I thought, it was, going, I thought it was going down in flames for a second there. Luckily, Candyman sprung up. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to it's tough to sit there and listen for those questions where you need multiple pieces because I'm just sitting there wanting to say something, but I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Yep. But you got it. All right. Question number three. Kevin Love was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers in a deal that involved Andrew Wiggins, of course. And also involved not one, not two, not three, but four other players involved in the trade. I would like you to name three of those four players. Not involving Kevin Love or Andrew Wiggins. So Thaddeus Young, Anthony Bennett, and oh boy. Yeah, I'm stumped on that. I can't remember who got sent to Philadelphia. Uh, Cleveland had to have shipped out salary. And this was 2014. Tim, I think you stumped me. Yep. I don't have it. That's okay. You're still going away with the prize package, Kevin. The answer... You were right. It was to Philadelphia. In exchange for Thaddeus Young, the Sixers received a 2015 first-round pick from, I think, from Cleveland. It doesn't actually say in the piece I'm looking at here. They also mm-hmm. relieved guard Alexi Shved. Uh, wait. To fit? Wow. He went to Philly before he landed in New York, huh? That's correct. And I also, did not remember that. He played in, this next one played in Philly, Luke Richard Mba Amute. Uh. Yeah. Which is a random one. That dude played with the Wolves for a very short period of time. Kevin, you're still going Derek away Williams. What's that? Say that again. We traded Derek Williams to get him. Exactly right. Yeah. And they managed to ship him out in a, in a way to get Andrew Wiggins for, for better or for worse. What a weird tree that is. Yep. Either way, Kevin, you're walking away with the prize package from Prize Brewing. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you did a great job. And thank you for listening to the podcast. I will console myself with two out of three. Thank you, Tim. Let me ask a dumb hypo- yeah, hypothetical. I mean, I think, oh, no. Yeah. John, you're, John was going to say something smart. That no, last my you, dumb hypothetical. <laughs> no, I just said, like, I, get, get rid of Jared Culver. Like, just 
just he need like just get him so you don't feel any obligation to play him anymore. Like mm-hmm. I think you saw in the OKC game, they tried to shoehorn horn him in to the rotation a little bit, and it's just time. Like he, what maybe he'll become a great player somewhere else, but right here, right now, it's awful. And so, like I can see a move like that, or yeah, Wancho, you know, any of those guys. Yeah, Wancho might have real value. Wancho could have some yeah. decent value there, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Yep, and maybe you get a you get a, a big time protected first or second round pick or something like that. That's fine. Like that's all good. Um, but that's that's where I think we're headed. Now let's hear your hypothetical here. Zach. Okay. All right, my dumb hypothetical. We let, we see the Wiggins for D'Lo trade, but it is last year's pick, unprotected. But you're guaranteed Cade Cunningham in this draft. Do you think Wolves fans would be more excited? So it means Anthony Edwards is out and you go through this whole miserable season. There's no fun Anthony Edwards, but Cade Cunningham is your point guard of the future. I think, um, I think Wolves fans would rather have Anthony Edwards and roll the dice on maybe getting Cade rather than no Ant. And but then guaranteed Cade, for yeah. sure getting Cade. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, I, and I think, think that's probably the smart way to go about just the thought process. I still just think like oh, top three, top three protecting that pick was just insane to me. Like that yeah, should no, have that, been, that was a huge mistake. That should yes. have been 10. Like that should Absolutely. have been top 10 easily. Been. Yeah. Yep. That was the big, it wasn't even, it's not necessarily, it's not a bad thing that you attached a first round pick right. to Wiggins yeah. to get rid of. You had that's to. fine. You had to, yes. But top to have it top three is like insane, and like you you at least have to have it what top four, yeah. Because you have to design it so if you're in that first tier, if something goes terribly wrong, like mm-hmm. it has, and you're in that first tier of the top three to have a chance to pick. Like they can drop down to four or five. I can't remember, but whatever yeah. it is, like it's got to be below that. So yeah. even even if it's top seven protected or something right. like that, much better than um, than what this is. So yeah, that's that's bad. The bad good bad. news is they're not the only ones in draft night or lottery night hell. Houston's in lottery hell as well. Exactly. Because if okay, there's yep. there's only top four, and if they don't get it, they don't swap with OKC. They end up with like Miami's pick, which is like 20th. So, right. you know, well, very well could be, well, I was going to say it could be worse. It wouldn't be worse. It's still going to suck if you lose the pick, but at least you might not be alone. How about that? When, whenever you're in the same conversation as the Houston Rockets, like, that's not a good thing for. Uh, it used to be a good thing. It used not, to be, but not, not anymore. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> for organizational stewardship. Yeah. Yeah, this is totally unrelated to all of that. But the more I was thinking about Jarrett Culver and getting him out of there, a comparison popped into my head. This might not, the situations are completely different. But I thought about when Michael Beasley came to Minnesota and how nothing seemed to work in Minnesota or in Miami. Also, I mean, they, they just got a lot better. They had Dwayne Wade there already and they were a playoff team. But his value there's going there has to be a team out there if Jarrett Culver's value is super low that is going to say yeah I, we loved him around draft time the wolves are the wolves let's let's bring him on for something I'm Man. not saying I'm yeah. saying minimal minimal gain with the wolves wanting to just part with him for what you said John for not wanting to have to feel guilty about not playing him is does that make sense is that realistic 
I mean, yeah, there's, there's always, I think, especially for um, a rookie or for a guy on a on his rookie deal, this is only his second year. He plays for the worst franchise in the league. And so um, there will be other GMs who say, well, the wolves, it's a disaster. It's a terrible environment. Um, we get him out of there and get him into our place. It'll be better. Um, I don't think there's any illusion that he's ever going to be number six overall pick good. Right, um, right. But I do think like, you know, similar, like that's absolutely part of what the Warriors did in making their deal was like, yeah, Wiggins has not been very good for the Wolves, but it's the freaking Timberwolves. Like if we get him around Clay and Steph and all that, like he'll be good. And he's been serviceable. Like I think he's been a little overrated, but he's been fine. And, mm-hmm. and so like, there will be other teams that say, well, yeah, Jared Culver. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll take a chance on him and, and, and see if there's something there, but they're not going to give up. I don't think much. Right. To get no, him because no. what you've seen so far, like the shot looks broken. He plays so tentatively. Like there's all of these things that are contributing to depressing his value to a, a, an incredible degree. But I don't think he's like toxic. I think that you could no. find something to, to, to happen, but it's just a matter of if you want to completely give him away or, or not. So, so, all right. So we're, we're going to wrap up here. This might not be a fair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, yes or no. Are the wolves making a trade by the end of the day? Deadline day. Zach, yes or no? hundred percent. John, what do you think? Just, I just don't think it's going to be significant. <laughs> I think it's going to be, yeah. like, just gonna be mean, boring. Yeah. yeah. I'll say like 95%. Yeah I, th- yeah. I think that they want to do a deal. I think they're really trying. Um, I don't think it's going to get people clamoring for the box office and saying, I can't wait till I can get my hands on tickets, but I think they will make a move um, of, of some, of something and it'll be lesser, but they'll the team that they come with on Friday against Houston will be different than the team they play with on what tomorrow on Wednesday against Dallas. I, agree. I mean, Delo's back. <laughs> Delo, no, no, <laughs> no, no, he's no, a while, right? Yeah. Not yet. Malik Beasley, one more, two more games. So right. There you you'll go. Get bees back on Friday, but Delo, we're going to wait a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Fresh faces yeah. one way or another. All right. Well, mm-hmm. John, Zach, I, I really appreciate both of you coming on. I mean, I was joking about it at the beginning, but I know it's an all-star team. But the athletic is super lucky to have both of you. Um, and Britt Robson, who I haven't had on here yet, but, Timberwolves coverage is just stellar because of John and Britain NBA coverage in, in general. Cause of you Zach. So uh, John should get ready to start writing because last time I did a pod with Tim, uh, we talked about all these things that Ryan Saunders <laughs> could do. And a few hours later, he got fired. So I would expect a massive trade, like probably yeah, tomorrow, early tomorrow morning, it, something like that. Yeah. Late tonight, it, early it, tomorrow. As soon as we hang up, it's going to yeah, be D'Angelo be Russell yeah. and Jared Culver for <laughs> You know, in a sixteen trade, and they're going to get yeah, you know, the they're going to get Andre their, Drummond. The, they're just going to get Andre Drummond, Drummond, Drummond and, their, and their and their protections lifted on their pick. So Cap relief, that's what it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, it's great. Thank you both so much for coming on. Hopefully, we get to do this. Yes, Thanks, Tim. All right, guys. See you.